one of my coworkers um, recently, who is Swiss, said that uh, asked if if they could shut the blades, and they were referring to blinds. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like. There are some words here that are just like you utilize a little differently. Like, uh, I like blades so much more. It's a close blades. The blades. Is fun. Open the yeah. blades, bro. Are those uh, blades, <laughs> bro? Are those swords? Um, another one is uh, a lot of times for tennis where they're. Um, I'm used to calling them bubbles in the U.S. where they have the inflatable structure over the mm-hmm. courts, so you have more courts. Oh yeah. Training here, a lot of people call them balloons. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Blades and Balloons. Blades Life balloons. in Switzerland by Edwin James. <laughs> yeah. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly. Free business paper needs or Dundermill. Then the people purses paper people. Dundermill. Then the people purses paper people. Dundermill. Then the people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I am your host, Edwin Janes, a computer. And with me, as always, is our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Caught an 80-pound shark off Montauk. It's in the Hamptons. Uh-huh. My dad's got a 42-foot bay liner, sniped it with a rifle from the crow's nest. <laughs> also shot a deer once. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be talking about Traveling Salesman from Season 3. Uh, then we'll go into the conference room and perhaps a little trivia to end the episode. Um, but before we do that, Alex, what's our housekeeping for this week? Uh, not uh, a ton of housekeeping other than that we just put out two days ago our uh, exclusive, our 34th, I believe, wow. Scott's Tots exclusive mailbag and boy oh boy we had a lot of fun uh doing it this month coming at the end of the month here but that is now up available for consumption uh for all you all you thirsty thirsty content drinkers (laughs) out there in the world uh we got you so hit that up i think we're recording season two of our party down recap uh this weekend Mm -hmm. Um, I've been watching season three. We will be doing a season three uh, recap as well. Whatever that wraps up, I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hit, join, join the, uh, join the tots. You know, Patreon.com/slash Michael Scott. Five dollars a month, no ads, bonus content, exclusive content, access to private channels on Discord. And speaking of, join the Discord. Thing is, that thing is moving. Uh, as one talking point uh, that's that's hot on there right now is the third episode, right? Third or fourth? Third episode of the Michael Scott uh, Facebook fan group podcast. Um, and this third one is all about Sean. Yeah, a, a podcast about <laughs> Sean Brony. What a gift, not only to our fans but to you and I. Well, wait, let's explain what this is. So. <laughs> Yeah. We are uh, fortunate enough to have a Facebook group that is uh, that are fans of our show, and we we're fortunate enough that they did a, a couple of podcast episodes about us, which is incredible um, to say. And it is a trip to listen to because clips of our show are used as drops um, throughout the yes. throughout it. And uh, yes. I was recently I, I 
it felt a little meta to, to even start to listen to it, but um, but I did listen to the most recent one because it is about Sean, and it, I thought, all right, great, that's that's one that uh, I am very, I have a keen interest in. Um, so that was fantastic. I love to listen to it, uh, and I highly encourage everyone else to listen to it. You can find that on our Discord. Uh, more people join all the time. It's fun. We're in there too, um, talking with everyone. Um, and speaking of Sean. You may have noticed that he's not with us for today's episode. Um, he is recovering from his uh, accident from George Foreman last incident. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Selfie. It was George Foreman knocked the shit out of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it knocks got, out. He the got bat. in a street scuffle. <laughs> got in a scuffle with a, at a bar with George Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, burned his foot. Anyway, no. Yeah, he's he he's he cut his hand up good with a box cutter uh, on set at his job. Uh, cut, cutting through a foam mattress. Yeah. Uh, he showed me what he was making. Incredible that I could see exactly how it happened, but he was basically cutting a huge half moon shape out of a mattress Ugh. so someone could hide inside of it. Mm-hmm. But like a deep mattress, deep box cutter just ran it we, over we his don't fingers. need to go into um, all the gory details. <laughs> cut some, cut a tendon. So anyway, he, uh, this morning, uh, he got a last minute, um, appointment with a hand surgeon that he's been trying to go to so he had to, he had to jet mm-hmm. um so yeah no sean here but he is recovering and we also want to address our last episode we got a couple emails we got some comments some folks on our patreon were like how baked was sean during the <laughs> season eight recap <laughs> the que- the answer is he wasn't baked uh what he was is had a long day on both uh painkillers from his very recent uh yeah. <laughs> traumatic hand accident uh, it was late. I think he'd had a, you know, he'd had a beer or two, and I think he, it was his body was just kind of done, mm-hmm. so he shut down. So he's and then he had totally to talk fine, to us. But, uh, <laughs> then he had to talk to us for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but well, somebody reached out and was like, "Is everything okay?" And it's like we appreciate that. No, Sean's good. Um, and on a larger note, like I think we've the the last few weeks, our last few episodes, we know it's been a bit irregular getting the show out. We know it's 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 been really this has been a really tough time for us to even mm-hmm. get the show done. Um, I think we talked about this, but Switzerland has different daylight savings time yes. than us. Yeah, the U.S. So these last few weeks, when like it hit for Sean and I, it hadn't hit for Edwin yet. Like we got squeezed out yet another hour. Where yeah. like if Sean and I record at like 10 p.m., it's like 6 a.m. for Edwin. Mm-hmm. So these are these windows when we can record so one of us is either just waking up or just about to go to bed um so if you notice like the uh, shift in some energy or dynamic or i know i'm not playing en- enough drops it's just because i have less time to prepare the drops um anyway we just wanted to address that we, we appreciate everyone reaching out but that that's kind of just sort of what's going on the last month but i think we're turning the tide uh daylight savings time for you helped mm-hmm. um sean's job sean the job and when Sh- also when sean's working he's working like 12 hour days like six days a week, so his recording is just very, very difficult mm-hmm. to even do this. So, but hey, that's we, why. we we that's we all. still love doing the show. It's just uh, you know, uh, we just had a little bit more to get through. You Americans with your daylight savings time coming um, before us, I think <laughs> that that uh, that just idea ridiculous. lost uh, steam as <laughs> I was saying. Of course, it. we do. Um, but. But anyway, um, but yes, we wish Sean a speedy recovery. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Patreon and Discord. And let's jump into the topic of today's episode, which is Traveling Salesman from Season 3. The impetus behind this particular episode... uh, (laughs) I just... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play a whole bunch of drops just because people have been saying how little it's happening. Hey, so let them I'm coming back. Fly. He's back like he never left. Should maybe, but short. <laughs> um. So uh, with Sean, initially we didn't know if Sean was going to be able to join us for today, uh, and yes. with just Alex and myself, I thought it made perfect sense to do another uh, an episode where they they pair up different characters in the office and go on sales calls. So Alex and I are traveling podcast hosts for today, um, talking yeah. about this episode, which aired January 11th, 2007. It was directed by Greg Daniels, written by Greg Daniels, Michael Shirley Eisenberg. Um, and it, it is Dream Team. episode 12 of season three, uh, a fantastic episode and one that I had kind of not forgotten about. But for me personally, I always view this episode in conjunction with the return. So for me, it's always traveling salesman slash the yes. return. And that comes from just watching it on the DVD. But uh, traveling mm -hmm. salesman by itself is a very different look. It ends on a really unique note. It creates a lot of different pairings within the office, including uh, Michael and Andy, Jim and Dwight, uh, Phyllis and Karen, um, and Stanley and Ryan. Stanley and Ryan. So um, let's jump into it. I think we can start. Angela and Pam also mm -hmm. in an inverted way. Yeah. Addition by subtraction there. Yeah, you're right. Traveling Salesman. I mean, it's smack dab middle of season three. Uh, I mean, episode 12 of 23. It's got, uh, yeah, it's, and it's coming off of like Benihana Christmas, huge episode, big set pieces, yeah. you know, um, and then back from vacation, which is like, there's so much plot going on there with Michael and Jan. Um, and then the return going in. And then it's like Ben Franklin, Phyllis's wedding, business school. So it's, it's kind of in this little, little dip in the middle of season three, uh, which, you know, as I've said, is, I mean, it's top, top two, three seasons for sure for me. Um, but this one is, it, it is a little bit different. This is like a field trip version of, uh, an office episode. Um, <laughs> you said that season three of the well, office is top two or three seasons for you personally. I think, yeah, for sure. I, I don't think I would put it. I mean, it, that's a, always a fluid list, but I don't think season three would ever go lower than like my third favorite. Yeah. Like especially, it's just, I mean, it's just a perfect season. I think chronologically it's, it's top three for sure. Uh, <laughs> I when you when you brought that up, I was like, I know you're gonna mess with me somehow. I know you didn't just ask that in good faith. Uh, no, there. Yeah, it's always bad faith when I ask you questions. You're like rotten that. to the core, Edward. Yeah, yeah. rotten to the core. I'm, I'm dead inside. Guy. I'm just a husk. People are puppets for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, no, Edwin Jane. <laughs> um, but no, I agree. I think uh, this episode is really unique in that it feels like a time where. So much has happened in season three. Um, the merger is just a few episodes uh, in the past, and it's one where Andy still feels like he's an outsider um, within the main cast. Yeah. Parent, uh, yes. Karen has a little bit more of a natural in because she's dating Jim, um, but Andy is the one, and with just Andy and Karen um, as the remaining employees from the Stanford branch, um, there's a special focus on the two of them. And Andy in particular, especially this version of Andy, feels like such an outsider. Um, this is pre-anger uh, mm -hmm. management Andy, and he's uh, conniving to try to take Dwight out of his job. Um, but yeah. But and the extended cut, you get you get a little more padding with you, there's there's a little more talk between Andy and Karen of, or at least from Andy's side of this like he he almost. He's looking at it like we're watching a season of Survivor. You know, he's like, then there were two. There's two left. Everyone else has dropped off. And he's doing these. He's swiping <laughs> cups of silverware off the table. <laughs> and he's, he's like, Martin, 
Yeah, Tony. Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Holds two cups up. As if Karen uh, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Karen, yeah. And Karen's like, right. And then she's like, I like it here. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and yeah, this episode is Andy at his most, you know, Rasputin-y, worm-tonguey, power-hungry, power-grubby, like, kind of guy. Uh, you know, where he's... he's Andy's still very much finding his character. I think Ed Helms and, and the whole staff is, as we know, he sort of starts out as this very, you know, for better lack of a better word, preppy freak, uh, for, you know, kind of bro -y. Um He gets much less, you know, college frat bro -y as time goes on. But in this kind of early stage, he's still kind of there. Um, and so this is just a fun part of the show because like you just we just don't get this kind of Andy for that long. Yeah, there's like there's um, and this is yeah. we almost never see Andy this ambitious in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Uh we we do I think much later on, but even when he's like trying to for manager, it's literally Andy for manager? Mm -hmm. Question mark. What it small small to medium penis work? <laughs> so he's he's like we just don't ever get this Andy again. Yeah, there's the kind of an edge to him that or, or like this weird sort of neurotic uh, energy that, that comes out in these really strange ways. And like you said, uh, he talks about all of his success either in business or with the lady folk come from his ability to slowly and painfully wear someone down. And that is not the Andy we see <laughs> later on. Um, that's not the Andy we see go for the manager job. That's not the Andy we see with Robert California or with Joe Bennett or with Aaron um, and any of the other sort of um, dynamics that he has later in the show. Um, it's definitely present here, though, as he's working on Michael. And uh, it's a very fun dynamic to see Andy just kind of annoy Michael and, and get on his nerves. And I like the, the moment where Michael says, I don't understand how someone can have such little self-awareness um, is a true, truly miraculous, yeah. although that doesn't particularly happen in this episode. Um, but there, yes. Andy is a lot to handle. But it has um, begun. He is. He's so he's really obnoxious uh, mm -hmm. in this episode in the return. Um, but it is funny how much he sort of physically mimics Dwight in a lot of ways as time goes mm -hmm. on to the point where he's eventually sitting on Michael's desk and talking heads. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of chipping in comments, which is a very Dwight thing to do. But he's much less of a. Um, I, I don't know, a task dog for Michael in the way that Dwight is, uh, where it's just for, for, for Dwight. In regards to Michael, it's like you point the finger and I go and I do that. You say jump, how high? A Andy's much more, a little more conniving. And in terms of he's just worried about his status, he's not actually concerned about assisting Michael. and helping Michael, whereas I think Dwight is legitimately interested in, in helping Michael. Or um, same, same but, with the branch yeah. itself with Dunder Mifflin. Dwight loves this place. Dwight loves Dunder Mifflin. That's what kind of comes out in the. Mm -hmm. uh, in the return, but um, I guess we can <laughs> kind of, as he says about the end of this, it is his one of his dreams is to die in that desk chair, and that will no longer happen. And now that dream has been quits. shattered. <laughs> that dream has been shattered, which he says later in this um, episode. I mean, that's the difference. If that was your dream to right die there. at work, <laughs> <laughs> and that will never come true. Because <laughs> uh, for Dwight, it's like dying yeah. at his post. It's like serving. Funerals um, are quite festive, though, in the Shroot family. Yeah. Weddings, <laughs> Weddings are a bleak, are bleak affair. affair. Um, <laughs> and, and we can kind of, I, I think, like, let's let's trace the events of this episode. And yes. I, I don't mean yeah. to pull us out of the Andy world, but we should start with this cold open. No, let's, um, let's, let's go into Harvey world. Mm -hmm. I, Harvey's never come up on our list of minor characters. He's never been drafted. 
Mm-hmm. What a character. Harvey v. Computron, you know? Those That's are the, very uh, true. These are two computer characters we never we don't dive into very much. Harvey, a computer. Jim, you suck. There... Introduces us to people such as Long Tim and Yoy. Yoy? Yeah. <laughs> Yoy should bring in Long Tim one day, shouldn't he? Mm-hmm. I... You ruined a funny joke, you. <laughs> Get out of my off hive. It's... It's funny because so much Dwight and Andy happened in this episode, and we were just talking about um, Michael's relationship with Dwight and his relationship with Andy. But they would have gone along with this joke and found it absolutely delightful. Or Dwight would have, I think, earnestly, and Andy would have to try to get ahead. Um, but I love that Michael mm-hmm. insists on getting Pam in for this um, and uses it to talk to mm-hmm. both of them. And um, it just it, – it's, it's just like the – such a dumb early office thing. And when I say dumb, I don't mean, um, I mean, it's just silly. It's just a time waster um, in, a, yeah. in an office environment. Um, but at the same time, like always, kind of classic. The, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I think we, we grew up in an early age of computer and surely, surely this is the earliest form of like what I understood AI to be is like typing in words Text and the computer will read it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, my brother and I did this all the time on our first like old Macintosh where mm-hmm. we would, I, like, I remember my mom coming downstairs and typing in, hello, mom. And it made her laugh so hard, just the computer voice. And it's like, we all did this. Like this is a, this, this, <laughs> this cold open is such a like particular time when that, something like this was still novel and funny <laughs> okay this sounds really this is a very random obscure place uh thing to mention but i remember pete holmes the comedian talking about when he started taking bee pollen that he wasn't sure if he was going to be allergic yeah. to it so he typed in in case he had to use text-to-speech help i have taken bee pollen <laughs> in case he was allergic <laughs> and like his mouth swelled up <laughs> and he had like call i have taken bee pollen <laughs> I love, I love. I had that in the chamber. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's good. But hey, let me ask you uh, this: yeah. Does Harvey count yeah. as a Michael character within Michael the Magic, uh, Michael Clump, uh, all these different characters oh, that we question. see? Is Harvey a Michael persona? Yes. Blind guy McSqueezy, um, the guy with the gun at the yes. improv class. Yes, I, I think it's more fun to say yes. This is one of Michael's characters because he's not relying on. It's it's just it's just a different voice of his. The computer is just providing a different voice. That's really it. Um, mm-hmm. It's and not like it's not like it's the computer's writing things for him. In many so, ways, yeah. Harvey is a more believable impression than a lot of the others that Michael does. <laughs> so that's just prison Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and, and Harvey, much like Michael, is uh, horny. He's gross. He's very defensive and kind of can be kind of mean when things don't go his way. And uh, so, very, very uh, error prone, impulsivity and attention detail from Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> I one thing that's always stuck out to me uh, the more you watch this, a detail that's like initially not frustrating and now it is, mm-hmm. is how little he types for how long Harvey talks, and then vice versa. Like when Pam first walks in, it's like. Tap, tap, tap. Like three keyboards. And it's like, me so horny. Me love you long, Tim. Mm. It's like, well, he didn't type that. <laughs> and at the end, when he types boobs, it's like, clackety, 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 clackety. Boobs. It's <laughs> like, there's no correlation between how much he's typing in the words. But hey, mm. that's a tiny yeah. thing to stick in my The, the clackety, clack to word ratio is totally off, off kilter. <laughs> yeah. Clackety, clacks to words, man. You know yeah. this. Um, yeah. Love Harvey. Let's, let's, 
yeah, put it in Michael's character bag. It's it's eligible uh, for discussion anytime that comes up. You heard it here we, first. We, do we ever many? We should many draft Michael's characters. Or maybe we have. Feels like we have. Like right now, you think we should? <laughs> no, no, with Sean, but I guess there's 15, right? We could do it. Mm-hmm. We, I, I like this. There's got to be. This isn't actually any sort of particularly different thing. But I love the 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 idea that somehow Sean not being here for an episode gives us a reason to do anything differently. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but, I know. Yeah, this is the episode to talk about. You know, to do the uh, sports games. Sports game segment, but uh, we won't. We'll spare you that detail. If you do want to hear some NBA talk, join our Patreon. At the, our first mailbag question is just just NBA trade line. A little bit of basketball so, talk. Cool. If I could entice you more than that, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, but as we go into the actual episode and the the plot of this episode, uh, Dwight is late, and yes. We find out that it's because uh, he is taking uh, tax forms from Angela to corporate because Angela missed her deadline, and he is uh, swooping in to save the day. Quiet, you. (laughs) A gallant gentleman named Kurt has uh, driven to corporate, um, (laughs) ridden. Really really sneaky name, Angela. Yeah. Kurt. Yeah. Middle name. Michael is upset that Dwight is, is late, and we get a little bit more of this in, uh, in the Superfan episode where Michael talks about really, really expecting his employees to be on time so that when he finally gets in, they can actually get started. Um, yeah. And then Dwight comes in, and they can begin pairing off for traveling salesmen. So uh, Andy picks Michael. Um, Stanley picks the kid after pass. Uh, Phyllis kid. picks Karen. And then Jim and Dwight are together. Uh, and then they pair off for traveling it's sales. Fine. If so, There's obviously no, we get we don't get. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say do, we don't really get any context or reason for these sales calls. It's just sort of like Dwight comes in; they're all at the conference room. Is is, is unless I'm missing something? Is there a yeah? Is there so, an impetus for why this is happening? Well, so. In the extend of in the Superfan episode, you get a little bit more of this Andy positioning around Dwight, like that becomes a more uh, vocalized sort of theme of the episode. Where in the m- more edited version or the actual edit version that aired or is available on um, streaming, um, it's much more implied the way that Andy is um, going after Dwight. I, I sorry, I don't mean to say that Andy doesn't say what his intentions are because he clearly does. There's just more content about it in the extended cut episode. And when they all sit down at that table, Michael says, Andy, because this was your idea, um, why don't you pick first? Oh, so, got it. I, I Michael I is very, my watch. Okay. Well, Michael is very excited about the idea, but it's clear that Andy has planted it as another opportunity to kind of, um, you know, uh, finagle himself into a better position uh, in Scranton. Right. Yeah. He's, he's trying to put some barriers up between, uh, Dwight and Michael, as he says, mm-hmm. as he does explicitly say in this one. Um, yeah, great scene. This is this is a fun like. Uh, I mean, I it, I love even right before this, I love the quick drive by with Dwight and Angela. Everything okay? And the yeah. when when Angela takes the candy, the way she's like, I don't want those. And she leaves them <laughs> on the desk. They, I just love that so much. They're like unnecessary <laughs> acting to make things appear like they're acting normally. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything it's a little bit like um, clear. 
It's like when you're driving and there's a police officer next to you at a stoplight and you do things like, how do I make it look like I'm just driving normally? <laughs> you're like, I will adjust the radio. Yeah, yeah. My hands are at 10 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> look at me. This is Even suspicious. Even though uh, you just stopped at the stoplight, yeah. Yeah, and if, dude, if you, were, if you were a cop, like how many thousands of times you've seen someone like <laughs> adjust yeah. to be correct? You're like, yeah, got me. Oh, <laughs> Nothing to see here. Um, I do want to say this. This is uh, there's a. I mean, obviously, we know Dwight uh, loves the law. He's obsessed with the law, both upholding it uh, and times enforcing it and living by it. Um, but in this case, he is OK with being tardy because I think he's serving a higher reason. Like, I think there's a sense of nobility within Dwight that he did this for for his girl that mm -hmm. he's like, I am. I'm helping her out. I'm going to take a hit. This is what guys do. They get, you know, we're, we, we put ourselves, you know, in harm's way uh, to protect. And <laughs> I think that's how, <laughs> which is insane to like almost say it as like a, as if this was a home invasion or something, but it's just like literally dropping papers off at a corporate office. <laughs> but for Dwight, it's like this, this, this like war hero type effort. And I think it's the only reason that he's okay with being late. Like I, there's almost nothing else. I feel like he would, we've seen him. You know, when they trick him into thinking it's uh, Friday and he comes in late. I mean, look at the way he comes into the office that day. Like, ah, like I'm here, Michael. Uh, none <laughs> of that this time. This is like he's sort of accepted his fate. One of my favorite office quotes to use in day to day life is uh, that I can actually utilize in, in, in certain sessions it, uh, is uh, the only reason you get out of the game is to get reluctantly pulled back in. And uh, I think say that with, a lot. With, thank you. Yes. Uh, within Dwight's uh, in the discord, you can join anytime. Um, and, uh, but for Dwight, there's a version of um, he upholds the laws and the rules so that he can break the law and the rules in order of to serve justice or love or some other noble cause. Um, like the reason that yep. you follow the rules is so that you can break them in the name of a higher calling um, to some extent. Yes. And I think you get a bit of that right. here for Angela. Um, so yeah, he comes in, they, they, they sort of, uh, you know, schoolyard pick, uh, the traveling salesman pairs, which as you said at the top of the episode kind of gives us this really nice, um, kind of brand new divvying up of characters. Like it's a smart thing to do, you know, I mean, throughout season three, obviously with the merger, there's, there's new characters kind of, you know, uh, throughout the whole season, but this is only what four episodes since the merger. So it's a nice chance to kind of give the new piece new members of the cast some time with other people and make some unusual pairings like you said so i it, i just love uh i just love the way they sort of approach this episode and and are playing with the character dynamics here um and obviously michael you know andy drafts michael first playing into michael's ego smart choice uh uh i love the <laughs> and then uh, you know going by okay now going by seniority next phyllis our resident senior we're the same age uh and i'll pick karen <laughs> Um, oh, thanks. And then, and then, oh, thanks. And then, um, Ryan kind of genuinely delighted that Stanley picks him after pass. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is season three. Ryan is still hungry, ambitious, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get to the top, Ryan. Um, he's just he trying to get started. He's trying to get started. Yeah. He's just trying, trying to not be a junior salesman. Um, at, uh, with a thousand cards with this name and address or this phone number and address. 
I, I do think it's very funny that um, Ryan asked Stanley what I think is a very um, acceptable question as a junior salesman who wants to become a salesman. Can I take the lead and then ask you can give me some advice afterwards? I think that's like a perfectly appropriate thing to say to your coworker. Um, but did I lag there for a second? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, you did. You did. Say it again. Okay. I love how Ryan uh, comes into that call with a perfectly appropriate request. Can I take the lead and then you can give me some advice later or you can critique me later? This, what an appropriate thing yeah. to ask a more senior coworker or colleague. Um, and Stanley just says, nothing would delight me more. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a good time to talk about because that scene happens in the car and they're kind of between dash cams. Mm -hmm. and, and we've talked about just the evolution of how they film conversations in the car over the course of the show. This is the funniest. Like this kind of dash cam. I don't know. There's something about how static it is and the place it is and kind of the corner. I don't know why the angles. It's just as funny. Uh, it makes people's like faces and noses bigger. Like it's almost a fisheye lens, but not quite. I, there's just something about it that's so funny to me. And, and so like having all these conversations or in Phyllis and Karen's uh, case, uh, a hair, you know, a, a, a style appointment, uh, a, blo a, a glow up, uh, a little 80s, <laughs> 80s glow up, if you will. Uh, it's it's just I don't know. There's just something so funny about it. It's like visually, it's a little different from the rest of the show. Um, and well, yeah, I I I yeah. Go ahead. Oh well, then. And additionally, we get Jim and Dwight, and I think this is one of the first yeah. instances where Jim and Dwight are paired up together against a, a common objective. Let's say maybe not a common enemy, but um, it's a dynamic that they put together a lot when they're in charge of the party planning committee, or when they're going up against Harry Jane Rowan. Or when um, their Dwight is going to call back in, call Jim back in for uh, uh, for the suit warehouse sale. Um, but Jim and Dwight together, I think this is one of the first times, or at least let's say the early one of the earliest times um, when they're teamed up together and uh, to go out to make a sales call. And I love um, I love when they kind of allude to the time before the documentary um, because it's it's kind of uncharted and they have Jim has that picture of young Dwight and young Jim and. Uh, it's just fun to have them like it's not it's not a bottle episode by any stretch, but they are pushed together um, in a way where like and, and, and it's not first time they have experience. They have a history. So, uh, you know, Jim leads up. You're really going to sit in the back. That's one of my favorite little Jim pranks <laughs> is just getting Dwight to bump his yeah. head on the back of the car. Like, I think I love that one so much because it's so small um, and it plays with Dwight's yeah. uh, sense of. Um, not reality, but how serious he takes every little piece of his life. And it's just, and the prank is basically a bop on the nose. Yeah. It's yes. Like, it's just a, yeah. It's, it's so harmless. Mm -hmm. And not the only time he does it this episode as they're walking into the client's office too. the, the, they talk about the 70, 30% attacks from behind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can block the, the slap and walk in it, Dwight's shock in that moment it's brain wilson is so good at that face of yeah. just complete like oh my god i okay. failed everything i am is a failure dwight's serious we've talked about this many times dwight's seriousness grounds the show rain wilson's commitment as dwight to a lot of his acting choices um like helped define the show and and the reality of dunder mifflin but like the commitment to surprise face is so good <laughs> huh. Oh, like okay. there's a real, huh. there's a real shock. 
<laughs> you can think about it. Ah, ah. <laughs> That's my favorite like, one is, is, the, is doing the role play with David Wallace. Yeah, you can ah. imagine. <laughs> you can imagine all like even I think making that noise, you can imagine all the different times where Dwight is genuinely surprised. <laughs> what? Ah. <laughs> like he opens yeah. the drawer and it's full of meatballs. Perfect. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Very, very, um, very, very good. And and it's funny that like this we've talked about how you know there's all the different pairings of characters, but like yeah, you still need the, you still it's got to be Jim and Dwight, right? And it's it's mm-hmm. great because like no one picks them, so it's just them uh, doing their their old times. Um, you know, back to old times. We see the old picture Dwight with like big hair, uh-huh. hilarious. Uh, Dwight or Jim looking really derpy, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like just a great little picture. Uh, that well, and- that's the kind of picture that like I'd love to just like have on my fridge, kind of blended into other pictures. Just a normal <laughs> picture of like young Jim and Dwight. I don't want anything on it to say like The Office or any. I just I just want that picture. I remember hearing a story. Okay, this is random, but I remember hearing a story from a, a coworker many many years ago, um, who like they grew up in Wisconsin and like their their friends had a picture of a of a friend on their fridge. And like they're like, who's that? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, that's our friend Justin. It's and it's Bon Iver. But like they grew up with Bon Iver and they just have a random picture of him on their fridge. <laughs> that's Justin. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's really funny. Um I hope that I think, happens with Sean someday. Oh uh, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Bon Iver. Oh DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go DJ Bonehead. That's too good. Rony Bear. <laughs> Headphone Utopia. Rony Bear. Sean P. Diddy wow. Rones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. Um What was I gonna say? Um, before we were so comedically interrupted. Sales call. Um, uh, the Jim and Jim and Dwight team. Ah, okay. So still Jim do and that Dwight. Thing. So the other couples or the other uh, pairs, I should say, uh, have a lot of awkward tension. Um, Karen and Phyllis and Karen kind of just being along for the ride, not really knowing what Phyllis is doing. Um, getting That's a, a makeover game, though. Yeah. People yeah. forget. Then, people forget why they actually get the makeover. It's not just Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, and then you have Ryan and Stanley with their the awkward sales call um, that they have. Um, that Stanley sets up Ryan for. And then you have Michael and Andy, um, where Michael asks to continually save Andy from blowing the call. And then he does blow the call anyway. Um, classic lame dash O. But with Jim and Dwight, you have, like, it's not awkward. It's contentious because they have a history and they're rivals and they mm-hmm. have such a, uh, you know, they have such a, Jim calls it a charming, a charming back and forth. Uh, in the in the yep. viewing party episode, so you have a sense of familiarity where you have three sort of new uh, pairs within the traveling salesman group. Yep, and they almost like Jim and Dwight have almost a shorthand language a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, we see it in the car before. You still do that thing, yeah? Leave the keys. Leave the keys. Mm-hmm. And we see it again when they're as they're kind of going into the office. I forget what they say. They say butterfly or it's, uh, I think it's horse it? fire handkerchief. Is that it? Oh wow! And oh yeah, that's it. By the way, <laughs> great trivia question. And then, um, <laughs> and then Dwight says handkerchief. That's right. So they have this like, which how are we going to do this? How are we going to play this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm guessing handkerchief is is the calling Kelly gimmick. <laughs> they go on oh my calls. god, Jim! <laughs> oh my god, Jim! Hi. <laughs> 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 
I always wonder how much longer do you think Kelly was talking when he hung up? <laughs> um, probably a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, but yes, uh, I mean, Jim and Jim and Dwight are fantastic throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, you have Andy and Michael who Andy would like them to be like Jim and Dwight are. They would like them to be these sort of best friends. Mm. I, I mean, Andy goes, goes way too hard. Like he really is like, dude, take it down a notch. He's going, so he's talking about shrewded it. He's talking about, um, I, everything he can to just put in Michael's head, how, how like non-essential Dwight is. But what's great is like, even as that's happening, like as they're getting into the cars, <clears throat> Andy's talking about, uh, you know, chipping away at Dwight's ally, which is Michael in this case. Um, and even, even as they're getting into the car, like Michael throws Dwight his, la- I don't know why this scene is so funny. Michael throws <laughs> Dwight his laundry bag, but like, Dwight's like stoked about enthusiasm. It. He's like, "Yeah, like you want him on hangers? <laughs> like you got it. Like he's, <laughs> he he loves this task that Michael gives him every week. That's right, Michael. Best friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, it's just funny how they're able to to layer that in as Andy's trying to tr- has basically succeeded in getting Michael for himself for the day. Um, but it's still these cracks. And then he even talks about like. Yeah, why is why is Dwight doing your laundry? Uh, it's funny how much Michael says keeps saying it's a long story, but really it's Dwight tried to go behind my back, and now I have him do my laundry as punishment. <laughs> wow, quite a long story, but quite well told. Um, <laughs> so we find out Andy Andy used to work at Abercrombie, surprise, which is a surprise to no one. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Andy's a good folder. Job, we hear in another episode that he's a good screamer. Yeah. <laughs> You're always safe with me. I'm a very good screamer. <coughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, just just great dynamics going on there, and you know, there's a, there's a sense to with Andy and Michael this whole episode that like, at least the way Michael's reacting to a lot, Michael's almost tuned out. Like he's not really picking up on what Andy's trying to do. I don't because mm-hmm. Michael's can be pretty thick at times. I don't think he's really even considering like making Andy his new Dwight at all, but Andy thinks that's what's on the line here. I don't think... Michael's just kind of staring off into space a lot of the time when Andy's trying to get inside of his brain and, you know... Um, I, I brought up when he's talking about shrewded it. Michael doesn't really take the bait ever, uh, much to Andy's chagrin. And we even get that scene outside of the restroom, which I love, when he's like, my plan's not quite going as well as I wanted, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It, they don't really. We don't really get it's why Michael is so. Men's room was disgusting. I love that he <laughs> feels the need to tell the camera crew why he's coming out of the women's restroom. Well, I think I do think that Michael kind of knows, and he's just trying to play dumb a little bit. I, it's it's hard because it's never really explicitly stated by Michael or any, or any of the other characters. But yeah. I mean, even when like Andy is pretty. Uh, not subtle with the way that he's um or very very obvious with all of his maneuvers um and like the way that he's verbalizing everything hey dwight pass the sauce you've assembled a great team here michael like the super friends and everyone has a superpower except for dwight whose superpower is to be late and then michael just says hawkman yeah (laughs) (laughs) like michael does not engage michael does not engage and i think he probably knows it um hawkman yeah (laughs) Um, but the the toll booth thing from New York uh, is a real is a real uh, is a real piece of evidence. And then Michael calls Jan, and Jan can't confirm or deny like why, or she can't uh, uh, 
say what brought Dwight to New York, and that obviously causes this big sort of snowballing effect um, for Dwight and Angela and Michael. Yeah, and and I think this uh, all of this all of this continues into their actual sales meetings um, mm-hmm. in a way, right? I mean, we 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 talked about we don't need to go into to Jim and Dwight too much there as far as how the, how they do that move, uh, although they're a very effective sales team, um, and in fact. I love seeing all the meetings back to back and kind of seeing everyone's style, um, at least from like kind of the more established people kind of matched with newer people in general. I mean, we could talk about Phyllis real quick. We only see a few scenes of their whole thing, but at first when they go in and get, you know, and get their, their hairdos done and, and egregious amount of makeup, yeah, you're just like, Whoa, Phyllis thought this was a good idea. And clearly Karen's seeing that too. And I don't know why Phil, I, Phyllis is such a uh, she could be such a schemer and she can have yeah. so many different things going on that she doesn't tell Karen. She never tells Karen before the meeting why they're doing this. But it immediately makes sense when the client shows the picture of his wife and Karen gives Phyllis a look. Phyllis looks at the camera like, I know what I'm doing here. This isn't my first sales call. I know this guy. I know if we look like it, we present like his wife, we're going to get the sale. And that's exactly what happens. One thing that I think is a nice detail with this episode is the expertise that um, Michael, Stanley, and Phyllis all kind of show. Uh, Michael clearly yes. knows exactly kind of what buttons to push to kind of move the conversation oh, along and, and to create the connection. Yes, yeah. um, Phyllis clearly knows this client and what she needs to do to kind of make the sale. And I think Stanley, I, you get the sense that Stanley, um, even though we don't see him like directly selling all that often, but um, outside of the time in the incentive when he, he says, embrace the power of the pyramid. Um, but in the list, this is Nate. Well, we can even, says, we can see just of him saying hi to that client, mm-hmm. you, you know, to, to those four guys, just the way he says hi and the familiarity, mm-hmm. you at least get a sense of like how Stanley yeah. does his business. You know, I think says, Julius, how are you? I'm going to, this is my colleague, Ryan. He's going to, he's going to do this, but I step yeah. back and do my crossword puzzle. But like Stanley, clearly, I, I think if Stanley were really worried about losing those clients, he wouldn't have done that. I think he's just doing it for fun. Um, I, and, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all three of them show um, like how they're capable in ways that we don't see yeah. in the bullpen all the time. I think, I think, I think Michael uses a lot of charm. Uh, f- um, Stanley uses a lot of kind of legacy, a lot of just like old c- relationships mm-hmm. that he, you know, keeps going. Phyllis uses some, <laughs> some, conni- some scheming. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uses some tricks, just kind of fun. And, and Jim and Dwight are kind of uh, playful with their sales. And, uh, kind of a mixture of all of these things where Tag I feel like team. Jim yeah. Jim can put on some charm, Dwight can do some tricks and then, you know, they 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 kind of have a good cop bad cop thing going on. Definitely. Do you think okay, so we've talked about the sales calls, maybe this is a good transition point here. You talked about yeah. Phyllis scheming. When Phyllis says to Karen, uh I you seem like a very nice person, you and Jim are very good together. I didn't think he'd ever get over Pam. How much do you think she's scheming in that moment? Ah, this is tough because there's a couple instances on the show where Phyllis, I think, does spill the beans on accident. Mm-hmm. The um, chili. The chili, yeah. <laughs> hey, real chili doesn't have beans, or so I'm told. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't th- I don't think she's trying to drive a wedge there. I mean, maybe she is. Just, it would be just for her own gossipy pleasure just for something to be unfolding at the office 
she seems to like Karen. I mean, when they're shopping, when they're at Victoria's Secret, and she's like, oh, Jim will love it when she's showing her the new swimsuit or something. Like, she's kind of, she seems to have accepted it. Um, She also has helped people with some relationship advice. So I don't think she's that much where she's just, at least not season three, Phyllis. Maybe season seven. So season six, seven, Phyllis might might just to spice up the office, um, introduce some drama. But I don't think I don't think she's trying to sabotage anything. No, I, I agree. I also don't think that uh, I, 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 a later version of Phyllis, maybe um, I think might have might have known does. But she she knows what she's doing. And we also don't see Phyllis look to the camera or anything like that in this in this moment. And I also think from a writing plot development perspective, it's better if it comes out accidentally to Karen versus somebody trying mm-hmm. to plot to see them fail at this stage in the overall arc of the office. It's a lot better or a lot more compelling if like it turns out Jim never told her and uh, another character just kind of lets it loose because it's so much, it's maybe it's so common knowledge between um, some of the people that work in the office. Um, but no, I agree. I just wanted to throw it out there because it's something that I thought of while you were talking about it because Phyllis is, um, She's often um, thinking more deeply than people give her credit for, you know, in that regard. Yeah, she, she knows what she's doing at, yeah, exactly. at, at every yeah. step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all great. We've we've talked about the uh, the hi, hi, done uh, yeah. that scene hi. before. It's <laughs> just great. You sounded um, like my niece. <laughs> she's six months old. Is six months? You're not saying hi, are you? <laughs> Maybe. seems very young to be saying hello, to be greeting mm-hmm. people. Uh, Depends. Is she <laughs> on that sales call? Saying Ryan, unless it's like Ryan's just making baby sounds. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When my niece sells to Julius, she just says hi. <laughs> uh, um, but hey, I think, okay, so we've talked about the sales calls and the way that they kind of propel the plot forward and how, and when we get back to the office, there are two things that need to kind of be resolved, which is Andy, Dwight, Michael, um, around why Dwight went to New York, and then also Jim and Karen. So um, yes, and, maybe and we Pam s- and Angela's kind of day of friendship. That's true. We haven't talked about has that. been happening yeah. as well. Yeah. So where should where shall we start? Um, let's let's just uh, let's. I think real quick, just let's get through Pam and Angela because that's happening okay. during these sales calls because there's an empty office basically for the most part, which happens a few times on the show. Um, where the office is either divided or a large majority of them are gone. And in this case, it happens on the day when um, Angela's in a very good mood because of she's just so happy of what Dwight did for her and what it means to her. And as he, you know, sort of as she, in her head is this what this gallant gentleman uh, did for me. And so she's on cloud nine uh, to the point I, where she wants to go get caught. I love when she says, Pam. when Pam says, really? when uh, Angela asked her if she wants to go get coffee like that's such it's so out of character yeah it's it's very defensive uh it's <laughs> she sort of the energy she has in that is almost like when like at the beginning of it when Pennywise is like talking to the little boy in the gutter you know it's like come here like come down here <laughs> really <laughs> I don't I don't really trust you I think you're gonna eat me alive but uh Turns out she's really just in a good mood. Um, now it doesn't last even to the end of the episode, but the point is like there's this uh, void in the office where where Angela wants to almost celebrate what happened, but she can't really talk about it. 
And meanwhile, uh, we learned Pam wins this art contest. Yeah, so while no one's there. That's yeah, that happens in the extended cut as we see this footage of Pam winning the art contest. And I think um, I understand kind of why they would have to cut it for time, but um, there is like an element of that I think is really signature to the office of like not having anyone to celebrate with. Um, yeah. And trying to, yeah. she tries to tell Kevin, and Kevin talks about how he won. Like first, he makes it all about the money, and then how he talks about how he won four hundred dollars uh, betting on the Celtics game. So, like, I love like the sort of misconnection sort of moments that happen like that. Um, but yeah, it's like Pam. Mm -hmm. that, like that's so indicative of like early Pam and before Jim and Pam get together. Like, and especially when Jim and Karen are together, that Pam has like these little moments, but she can't share it with Jim in the way that we want them to as viewers. Um, and uh, it's such a small win too. It's like a local art contest. The six, I'd like to thank my dad for buying me my first watercolor set in the sixth grade class that picked my painting. Like it's so, it's so small, um, which is why I love it. It's, you know, beauty of ordinary things. Yeah, for sure. And the like, other, oh yeah. Uh, she, no, I, I was just going to say that the, I mean, if you think about the, the sort of hits she's taken with her art already, I mean, primarily the, the motel art comment, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something for her that like, it's a big deal. She would like, obviously she wants Jim there, right? She wants Jim to, uh, am I right in the order? I, that this happens after. Don't think so, but it's all good. I don't think I'm wrong. Oh boy. I thought, I thought the motel art happened before. No worries. Motel uh, let me look art. it up. That is a, that is a uh, earworm for me, by the way, the way Gil says motel art, something mm -hmm. about that. Motel um, art is a uh, <laughs> business school. Which is a few episodes later. Ah, so close. But all good, all good. So she's um, so she's really starting to feel the she's starting to feel herself as an artist here, uh, winning this contest. Funny, funny how much this comes in before uh, Dwight hires Aaron to make fun of. Her I know, contest, <laughs> yeah, which happens yeah. later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. Um, um, well, hey, no, something else that happens. Oh, in the oh sorry. I'm, oh no, qu quick comment that. Uh, this episode is really old school Kevin, like Kevin before he's cartoon Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, a, the gambling converse or the, the winning 400 bucks on the Celtics. Celtics were a great team, by the way. Winning the money on the Celtics is so infuriating that it's like, dude, she's just trying to like be excited. He just comes over the top with like, I won 300 more dollars than that last night. It was so <laughs> great. And then mm -hmm. earlier when they ask if they're going out for coffee and ask Kevin if he wants something, it's. I've already had four coffees. I am bouncing off the walls. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> dude, season seven, Kevin, would be just like, I've had so much coffee today. I don't need any more. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah. just wild to see. The Kevin, honestly, a Kevin I prefer, uh, <laughs> much more like Keith from the BBC office. No, I, I agree. That was the thing that I was going to bring up is that in the extended version, we see more of a, the office going on a coffee run, which is, I guess, like, you know, such a, again, this is a normal sort of office environment sort of thing to happen. And that version of Kevin or that joke from Kevin is so, uh, is, is so in character with early Kevin and so out of character with late Kevin um, that it's refreshing almost. And um, it's the kind of humor I wish they had done with Kevin a little bit more throughout the series is just kind of playing with his uh, his cadence and uh, his way of speaking and, and, so, and something like that. Um, and I think also the other thing that happens is uh, Toby and, and Pam or 
Toby orders a chai latte and Pam says, oh, me too. And then later when it, when it actually arrives, um, Kelly just gives it to Toby and Toby doesn't get an extra interaction with Pam. And he like puts it directly in the garbage can. Another another instance I brought up of someone putting fresh food or drink into a completely empty trash can. Yeah. Without, like dump the coffee out at least before you throw it in there. God, it's upsetting to me. <laughs> Clean Lick, a lot of liquid in a trash bag. Just <laughs> I just can't I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how Dwight gets the practice for when he's looking for the the new leads. Yeah, checking the garbage. Right. True. Clean sack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But so, Angela's yes. pumped about Angela's pumped for Pam. Like she actually is like, oh, that's oh, great. Yeah, that's nice. I like having these little moments with you. <laughs> you know what? Sprinkles recently had kittens, and it is this offer. To offer the dominant male named Ash to Pam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> some of Angela's best acting, you know, they cut in this scene because the her face goes from, oh, I'd like to offer you the dominant male. His name's Ash with a smile. And over the course of Pam, the camera stays on Angela's face over the course of Pam declining. And it just goes from a full smile and melts down into a stern frown. And by the end, it's just old Angela's face, <laughs> like just stock Angela again and it's like goodwill is gone and Pam and Angela are back at square one well the other thing that that it makes me think of now is that when um the other cats are are uh getting it on with princess lady and they're watching on the nanny cam uh Angela says <laughs> yep. no no Mr. Ash uh so Pam <laughs> the dominant male and made that happen um of course I also love you talk about Angela acting. I love the moment where she just like they have that really nice interaction, and then she turns to face the barista and she goes, "Hello," <laughs> it just turns on a dime. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, yeah, that's that sort of wraps up that story, and and it, it, I think that one finishes. That kind of storyline does finish when when Jim is finally back, and we see yeah, Pam. look at hey, you. Just, I won this, and. Pam is, I mean, Jim is stoked and he's like on the way out the door with Karen because she wants to talk about what happened with Pam. And the timing is just for Jim, man, is rough because it's like uh, as yeah. he's leaving with, he gets pulled to reception and it's Pam and he just it kind of falls into suddenly chatting with Pam. What was it for? And like, he's very engaged uh, with, with Pam's art contest. Mm-hmm. And she's been waiting all day to get some feedback from Jim. And, uh, yeah. and then Karen's just like, that's what she's kind of going. You ready for, to go? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Karen's like, oh boy, it's just Jim didn't know what he was getting into there. But we should okay, that's a great segue. We should talk about Jim and Karen and how this can continues their yep. lead up and how how Karen is is I mean, in the extended cut, Andy alludes to the fact that it's just the two of them, and Karen says, "I like it here." And then all of a sudden, she's kind of faced to confront this reality that that Pam is there and what's going on with her and Jim. And Jim, I think, is. You know, not upfront, not honest with with this whole dynamic, this entire sort of uh, chapter of their relationship together, and even the way that <clears throat> Pam, or excuse me, even the way that Karen asked Jim, "Did you ever have a thing for Pam?" and the way that Jim repeats the question to give himself more time, "Pam, did I ever have a thing for her?" Like you can tell he's about to lie, you know, uh, just by the way that he's oh, buying yeah. time. Uh, why did she say I'll, something? I'll put in there too the way. The way he, yeah, did she say something? And the way he drinks after, like, right, is like just classic. His heart rate is is up there, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it's unfortunate the way that that, that happens, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's part of the 
Jim, Pam, Karen uh, triangle that plays out this season. Um, I do love when mm -hmm. he looks at Karen and goes, look at you. <laughs> After they get back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, um, it's like, it's like, it's heartbreaking for all of them, you know, in, in some ways, um, or yeah. heartbreaking for Pam and Karen both, let's say. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and none of them have and what then, they want or none of them are getting what they want. But yeah. None of them really get what they want. No. Um, and speaking of that, Andy finally does get what he wants mm -hmm. when he finds the toll booth receipt, uh, in Dwight's car. Some real snooping here from, from Andy really, really doing whatever he can yeah wasn't even hiding um, behind a plant he yeah. says i was walking past his desk but no he goes into his car <laughs> on the dashboard and finds a toll booth receipt stamped really early this morning um and he sort of brings up this he finally gets through to michael by by playing up on his dwight's trying to betray yeah. you line of thinking that insecurity um and uh, when you look at it, it's actually a really smart piece of like structural writing that they introduced the laundry thing to sort of get into like giving giving Andy a window into something that might actually uh, work uh, as far as getting Michael and Dwight on opposite sides. Mm -hmm. And it it I mean it works very well. Uh, Michael is impulsive and doesn't like being betrayed. And he thinks this is happening. He says, you betray me once. This is strike two. You know what they say? Fool me once. Strike one. Fool me twice. Strike three. <laughs> a perfect Michaelism. And then, you know, something else that happens as, as Michael goes to confront Dwight. Um, <clears throat> we talk, you talk about Andy standing over his shoulder and talk, in um, talking heads. So the way that Dwight is sitting at his desk and Michael is confronting him with his arms crossed and Andy is standing behind him with his head over his shoulder, it mirrors the scene in Halloween from season two where Michael has the paper mache head on his shoulder because Dwight even says, mm -hmm. quiet you, to, to oh, Andy yes. in the back. I, I, like, I, I love that stood out to me so much, uh, just like the way that they, those two scenes mirror each other. Just have that. One, it's, it's, an, it's an actual voice this time. It's Andy. It's not just the paper mache Michael. Quiet you. <laughs> Exactly. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nathan Ford's arm looks pretty strong. <laughs> Sorry, I just haven't played that one in a while. <laughs> hey, don't hesitate. Let let him fly. Um, I. But then also, you know, Dwight and Angela have to have this moment where um, they talk about what what kind of options they have, and I I love the, the Dwight suggests standing up and declaring uh, their undying love. And they, they could be just like Kelly and Ryan. And Angela says, I hate those two people more than anything in the world. <laughs> Goodbye, Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, it's just yeah. Such, like such a funny thing to have such intense hatred for. Um, but then, of course, it leads to Dwight uh, resigning his posts effective immediately. Um, While today it is me, we all shall fall. In other words, I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh... I this is like a you know it's a big occasion Dwight mm. quitting um Dwight quitting the the only job he ever loved a place he wants to die at and <laughs> I do not fear the unknown I will meet my new challenges head on and I will succeed and I will laugh in the faces of those who doubt me <laughs> um, <laughs> we get the Andy Oompa Loompa song which is gets increasingly cringy for me very cringy moment I just don't <laughs> like it it's not funny mm-hmm uh, I think it's kind of stupid joke, but hey, what are you going to do? Andy's kind of stupid, so there you go. <laughs> to quote Andy, what are you going to do? Cry about it? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and it's kind of those like that's kind of where the episode ends is this sort of as mysterious as he arrived he was gone uh mm-hmm. kind of oscar's take on when michael leaves it sort of <laughs> gives the rest of his belongings to michael mm-hmm. ryan says dwight will be missed not so not by me so much but he will be missed <laughs> and and yeah. a recurring bit i love is the final closing uh one of the last talking heads from angela mm-hmm. uh who yeah, does dwight yeah. from sales I just love it when any character does that. Um, <laughs> like to do the documentary crew. As if the camera, it's, the it's crew so... didn't catch the whole thing. As if there's another Dwight. I know. As if this office is two rooms in a warehouse, as Michael describes it in the sales call. Dwight as if they haven't from been sales. There going on yeah. three years now already. Yeah. yeah ridiculous. <laughs> Dwight yeah. from sales mm-hmm. was one of the most honorable and efficient employees. Uh, and And then he's gone. And it and it and it kind of ends with Andy, um, the the high, kind of the best spot Andy's ever been in that we see on the show yet. Doesn't last then, very long, but end of this episode he is. Well, and one of the other things that happens that I absolutely love in this episode is uh, when, like Jim and Karen are walking back to the office. Dwight is carrying his things, and Jim says, "Hey, man," and Dwight just hugs him. Like I, I love yeah. that moment. Like that that is the difference between Dwight and Andy, I think, is that like they have um <clears throat> that Dwight has these this real connection to this real care for the people who are there, or this real care for Dunder Mifflin. Yes. And even if he opposes Jim and calls him his greatest enemy, he still will embrace him when he leaves. He respects his enemies. Yeah. He respects his enemies. Mm-hmm. Because they're worthy of fighting him, is I think yeah. how we would probably see it. Versus Andy, I don't think it's not. Andy is a cockroach to <laughs> um, and, but, but, but I mean I, as a yeah. as a hostile agent i mean andy is quite effective in this episode against dwight mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i love the hug i think it's just like it's a it's a heartfelt moment that on one hand is earned but is mm-hmm. also a surprise um and yep. i think those moments are, are kind of hard to find and i just appreciate uh that that moment can ring true without feeling t- i mean for me i don't know i have a higher tolerance than and sean maybe would say something differently if you were here but like i don't think that moment is over the top or schmaltzy or anything it's just like an expression of Dwight uh, and his love for Dunder Mifflin uh, and everything that's in it, including Jim. Mm-hmm. He's a Dunder Mifflin man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to say uh, about this? Is episode? that a there you have it? Well, there you <laughs> no, have it. That's I... Traveling Salesman from season three. We're going to take a quick <laughs> break and then we'll come back for a couple of quick conference room topics. Okay, everybody, listen up. If you are not in that conference room in two minutes, I am going to kill you. Today in the conference room, we have a couple quick topics for you, um, one of which comes from the episode Traveling Salesman that crossed my mind while planning and preparing for this episode. Um, Alex, if you and I were traveling salesmen, what would we sell and how would we sell it? There's a lot of things I think you and I could sell. Dreams? Um, drugs. <laughs> Black Dreams. Dark heroin. <laughs> yeah, not Dreams, drugs. Primarily. <laughs> Our dreams are street um, legal. I think I think we could be pretty good at early days, like starting up starting up a brand or like mm-hmm. a clothing line or something. I feel yeah. like we could have a nice dynamic. I think you because you you you'd be all over product. You could you'd know everything about like how to do that. I think I could. I think I'd be all right at the sales side of it. Um, you know, a little little wink and charm, little song and dance man. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're and, coming through. You're talking about. Uh, you can differentiate the product. Uh, you have a good background in that. I think we I think we'd be all right if we were like. 
I, you know, I'm thinking like early '70s Phil Knight hustle. You know, start Nike type thing. Not saying mm-hmm. we would ever be that successful, but I could see. Uh, well, that, well, I am. Couple um, prototypes <laughs> in a suitcase. Yeah, I'm imagine. Yeah, now that you say it, I think that's a great uh, a great idea. I think you in no time at all, you and I will be traveling across this great nation of ours uh, with a trunk full of triangle shaped uh, tablets that we're selling out of the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. John is uh, John is with us, but his pouch is filled with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, no, it's just it's just it's just a pouch of IPA, just loose liquid <laughs> with a little stop trough. Stop drinking the IPA. <laughs> he just has a Camelback full of IPA. <laughs> like I'm sorry, dude. I just don't I don't go anywhere without some Oregon beer. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. <laughs> little hazy, huh? <laughs> come on, come on. Okay. Well, that was the uh, that was the first question, uh, and then I guess. Wait. What, what do you What do you think? But if we weren't doing that, what would you say? What if it was a uh, you know some other type of product or service? See, that was where I was kind of going. I actually think it would be better if we were selling like a concept, like venture capital. Like raising mm. money uh, for investments or, or anything like that. Ah, um, I, I think that would be the thing. Um, it's a mystery box as far as the product goes. So we're just bluffing. <laughs> I, you know, I just recently rewatched some of uh, The Big Short, one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. And the scene when Christian Bale is going around to all the New York banks buying, uh, you know, sh- shorting the housing market and buy- <laughs> buying all these credit swaps. Amazing seed because he's so bad. He's so bad at it, but he's so much smarter than everyone and knows what's going on. And he's collecting all their coffee mugs, and, he <laughs> and the song that's the song that's playing throughout that entire montage is the like, "If you wanna come get it, come dum 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 like, hey hey hey," and it's just like super awkward. Christian Bale just meeting with bankers. Uh, anyway, I was like, that could be us. That could be you and me shorting the housing market. We could. Hey, we could also sell Crewnex. Crewnex crew. We're hitting the road. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a whole, like a band, but uh, our podcast, selling merch, do, mm-hmm. do, busking on the streets with our podcast. With our podcast. No one busks sweaters. with podcast. <laughs> well, you know who does, actually? Have you ever seen podcasts but outside? No. Those guys are really funny. They're like these no. comedians, and they do a podcast, what? but they sit at the table, and they talk to people I... some of the clips. I'm going to send you an amazing what a delightful clip name. This. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, I, well, I just, one of those like, comedians. Yeah. That's one of those things. The entire, the entire thing is in the title. And I'm like, I love it already. What a great <laughs> podcast, but outside. They had one clip that went really viral that I'll send you. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, wow. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think that that would be, um, that would be our traveling salesman careers. Um, I it. guess, the next question that I wanted to talk about and something that I thought of uh, when thinking about uh, Dwight, uh, Dwight Hugging Jim and Andy and the way that Andy uh, gets written off for anger management, but then, of course, returns and is an integral part of the office for the rest of the series. What do you think happens in the office if Andy doesn't come back? We've probably talked we've talked about the fact that Andy maybe wasn't supposed to come back um, initially because he was on The yes. Daily Show and which we know um, all these different things have happened in that helps his career. Um but like, if Andy doesn't come back from anger management, what happens with the office? Like, yeah. I mean, initially, I think I mean the biggest uh, the the biggest card in the house of cards that would fall that is 
is his relationship with Angela and everything it does to Dwight. Yeah. Right. And we see sort of at the end of this episode, them sort of teeing up like what's about to happen with that. Um, as far as, you know, Andy kind of noticing Angela and, and they're being a spark for whatever reason. Um, that would have a huge implications. I mean, all the way down the line, all, all the way. I mean, that that the the ripple effect of that goes all the way to the finale of this show with yeah. their wedding. You wonder, would Dwight and Angela have gotten married sooner? You know, is 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 the Shroot wedding at the at Shroot Farms? Does that happen in like season six, mm-hmm. like season five, maybe? Um, or do they keep Dwight and Angela as this off and on thing? So that's huge. Obviously, everything with Aaron. Um, like, is Aaron? I, I assume I don't think it would affect Aaron joining the cast or the show or not. I think that probably would have happened anyway. But there's just so many plot lines that he's so integral going through. So. I think it would it would have a huge effect on Angela or Dwight and Angela, and then they might have done something else with that. It's almost I I don't know, because um, because that's mainly I'd say outside of uh, eventually by season eight him becoming manager. Um, really between season three all the way through through uh, him becoming manager, he's not like a necessarily a load bearing character except for these relationships, except for the romantic part of it. Mm-hmm. I think. It's really interesting because it's hard to think of like all these plot lines would not, not just change, but they wouldn't exist in certain ways. Like the love triangle between Dwight, Angela and Andy um, might not be there. Dwight and Angela might've gotten together sooner. These are things that you mentioned, but um, you you also, he's kind of the reason that like Jim doesn't propose to to Pam Pam at the end of season four. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Um, other thing that it's not just about what wouldn't happen, but I think also you'd have to fill some of that void because I don't think, it's interesting because we talk about how in season or we uh, on the pot on this pod sometimes talk about how it's seasons eight and nine. There's so much plot that has to be resolved for so many other characters that it becomes yeah. kind of difficult to show to kind of spin that all together. I think if you don't have Andy mm-hmm. in seasons like four through seven, let's say, and then obviously in eight because he becomes manager, like you need other characters to fill that void. I think you would either need number one, you'd either need a different salesman to join the cast in some sort of way um, or. I think you need to bring in Daryl into the fold much earlier in a much more significant way because you need to have another yes. character to bring in. Um, but you just you wonder who that mystery salesperson could be, or the mystery uh, bullpen figure could be, whoever it would be. Could have been Gabe. I mean, not till season five, but I feel like Gabe would be a lot more higher usage rate early on um, without Andy there. Also plays into the Aaron thing. I mean, the Gabe and Aaron might have gone totally differently if Andy isn't there. Mm. Um, yeah, very true. Yeah, it's it's almost. I mean, to use an to use a NBA analogy, it's like when a star player gets traded and they're talking about the team and they're like, "Well, there's this void. There's 35 minutes a night we need to fill. There's there's you know 28 points a game that's got to now be filled by role players." Mikhail Bridges. And that's where you see. <laughs> that's why you see some of these players on teams where the star leaves suddenly. Oh, their stats are so much better now. They're playing you know 30 minutes a game. And they earn new contracts often as a result of that. And I, yeah, you wonder what character would Ryan? I feel like Ryan would have been a lot yeah, more. Yeah, Ryan could have been. A, have I been mean, a natural. Ryan's candidate. already kind of a marquee character in the first three seasons. But if Andy leaves, I mean, especially in just going into season four when he becomes boss, like I think Ryan would have stayed in rotation, Jan's position a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like been much more involved. Uh, causing some of that chaos and even to the point of like does he you know does does 
Ryan and Kelly's relationship become a bigger deal, smaller deal? I, I don't know. There's so many threads that, that Andy is a, a part of. Um, w- yet, like, I don't think... I think if Andy had not been there, seasons four through nine, I don't necessarily know how much it would have suffered because I trust that the writers would have figured something else out. I mean, I, Andy, I love Andy. He's a great character, but... Um, you you gotta imagine yes someone else would have been there they just would have brought someone else in mm-hmm. yeah also or, hey i, this I is like another... your call with daryl too yeah yeah well you know the other thing that i think of is like if you if you sideline andy in season three potentially never bringing him back what that gives you the opportunity to do is bring him back which is only to say that like i think andy if you if andy were to not come back he would have been a candidate for the manager role in season seven I think that's probably how they would have uh, oh, dripped him in in like a subtle way, like and that. maybe you wouldn't have, and maybe you get it, maybe you get like a different version of Andy, um, like reappearing yeah. in season seven to interview for Michael's job. Like, how crazy would that be? Four or five seasons later, after punching through the wall, um, yeah. What if he comes he back comes and back. then becomes manager if... in season eight? Yeah, yeah. crazy. And I, I bet they would have kept some of the original tenants of his character when he comes back. Like, they would have made him even a more mm-hmm. like. Volatile. Someone who really is like, I'm an alpha bro. Yeah, like like yeah. way, way, way hard that way. Uh, like someone <clears throat> way different from Michael with just as many insecurities, but just like totally obnoxious in a different way. <laughs> but who's just like, yeah, I, you know, went back to Cornell, got a master's degree or like he, you know, gets an MBA at, at Cornell or something. And uh, oh, and then <laughs> what if uh, what if also in addition even to more into well, in addition to have like punching the wall, he also becomes a black belt and all of a sudden he's a threat for Dwight in martial arts. Oh my god, he's a physical threat to Dwight. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. I like this. I like this. Yeah. That he, he's gone for a few seasons. Um because then yeah, he wouldn't I, I doubt that the writers would have written him the same way for seasons eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Um he might have come back as a redemptive character and him and maybe maybe him and Aaron is how the whole show ends rather than Dwight and Angela. I could see that. You remember how in Lecture Circuit, Michael talks about how he needs to get closure with people? What if that was one? He's like, I need yeah. to find Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or or, or uh, you could have brought Andy back when Michael's hiring for Michael Scott Podcast Company, too. Oh, or that, paper company, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like My, Michael, like, Andy, and Pam in that water closet. Like yeah. Andy's working... Andy's a KJ at a karaoke bar or something. And like, he's mm-hmm. like, I know Andy's around here somewhere. <laughs> he's playing Dave Matthews yeah. band. They all don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome that's back. Good. It's the Nard Dog. And I'm here spinning DMB all night, baby. Oh, yes, dude. That's it. A radio, the Nard Dog. Yeah. Welcome back radio to Nard DJ. Dog Radio. Yeah. <laughs> all he does is play Dave Matthews band and fish. Yeah. <laughs> Jam ba- the Jam Band Hour, uh, DJ Nard Dog. Jam-, jam Band Hour, like son of a hey. preacher man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, crazy world, a lot of smells. Um, <laughs> I guess one last thing for conference room. Alex, did you have you had something you wanted to show us or show me? I suppose. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Yeah, I have a. This is just um, a voice memo that was sent to us. Uh, this is for Sean, but he's not here. Um, for his injury advice, but I want to play it because I think it's still funny. And Sean, uh, if if you're a good host, you're, you'll listen back to this episode to know what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So this is for you, buddy. Hey, MSPC. This is Samantha from Florida. 
I just wanted to give Sean some advice in regards to his injury. Sean, if you, and then, <laughs> and then you'll be saved. So just make sure you, uh, uh, and then you'll be saved. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha. Sean, we hope you take that advice to heart. And we'll be saved. And I hope your hand heals up. Um, Lord knows that guy needs his hand for podcasting. Uh, so let's get him. Let's get him healthy. Get him back. Get him off the bench. Get him back in the rotation. In the immortal words of uh, D'Angelo, uh, he's our right hand man. Add the masturbation joke. <laughs> uh, Alex, will you play that Yuck. other clip? That other clip that you had. What other clip? You had, you played that short one for me. That voicemail that somebody left. Or you you were telling oh, me about yeah. it. What was it again? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Another voicemail we received. Oh, gonna flip you! <laughs> I that is definitely is Thaddeus. I'm looking at the yeah. phone number. That's definitely him. <laughs> the thing about Thaddeus though is his voicemails come in sets. There's like three or four at a time. This one didn't. This one came outside of a bunch of other ones, which is just. What was he doing that day? You know, you gotta wonder. Um, speaking of voicemails, we, we've got a, we've got plenty in the hopper right now. Um, I think we're probably due for another one of those episodes here pretty soon. So mm-hmm. get some questions. Another in, classic, like uh, another classic. Yeah, and again, again, just to reiterate, kind of what we 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 talked about at the top of the show um, w- with scheduling. It's been pretty tough for us to kind of maintain the the cadence, the energy. But we're I think we're it's feeling like we're very much back on trap track we're catching up with some of our bonus stuff we're doing um so we'll we'll keep chugging along um and we we love honestly we get episode ideas on discord great place to like throw us some ideas um you know our dream is to outlast office ladies so hopefully we can (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see um hey i think i think that about wraps it up for this week's episode um, I don't think we'll have yeah. trivia for this week, but we'll be it will be back with authority um, very very soon. Oh, and yes, in fact, we, sorry, we were setting an audio trivia, which we've been very excited about um, of audio based clues. We will talk about this more. Someone did send us that trivia. We're going to do that when Sean is on the show. Yeah, we need we to have Sean you out immensely. But we're very excited for that. So mm-hmm. that is wonderful. Also, I want to tease. I got myself an Office Mad Libs book. Uh, so we'll be we'll be blasting through some Mad Libs uh, in, in the next month or so. So mm-hmm. exciting stuff here uh, happening, and uh, just can't wait for can't wait for Sean to be back. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you for for joining us for this episode. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who does all of our artwork. Uh, special shout out to Alex and myself for performing and recording this theme song. Um, this episode was recorded over video chat. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything. You can catch us on social media. You can email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail dot com. If you have a voicemail, you can call it in at the phone number. Alex, you have it somewhere. It is 503-694-9314. Perfect. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. Join us on Patreon. Join us on Discord. We're always happy to interact, hang out. Um, And more than anything, just thanks for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. 
I, we were on a slightly different time uh, this week, and I'm glad we were able to come back and deliver something with uh, just Alex and myself, um, just a couple of traveling salesmen. We uh, wish Sean a speedy recovery. Um, a little, two, little two-man pick-and-roll game right. going on here. And we, uh, we just appreciate everyone who listens, who supports us, who hangs out with us, uh, that we get to keep doing this show. Um, it means the world. So take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the up. Yes, sir. Ah! Ah! to take me home I know who I want to take me home take me home oh. you know what fine I try to start fun traditions for you guys but if you don't want to sing no traditions closing time every new beginning comes from some other beginnings and good night Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.